amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey, guys. And this is another patron-requested episode. As always, if you want us to cover a game by force, the best way to do that is to join our Patreon at the Super Retrovaniac DX Turbo level, whatever I've named it, the, li- the highest level. And after so many weeks, you get to pick a game we have to cover. Uh, this is by one of our patrons, Donovan, who says we have to cover Pokemon the card game for the Game Boy. And we certainly did. But before we get into that, Jeremy, what have you been playing since our last episode? Uh, you know, not too much. I, I'm still making my way through uh, Borderlands 3 for like the second time and still not liking it. But I, I think we we talked enough about Borderlands in that other episode uh, and Death Stranding. Uh, I really haven't been playing too much. I I, I kind of went back to, to Destiny 2 and I've been playing that since they brought out the new Shadowkeep thing. Oh. Uh, and, and that's that's, you know, it's it's really cool. Like they've made a lot of changes to that game. And, you know, my my yearly comeback to Destiny continues to be like a almost a completely different game every time I do come back to it. That's the thing, isn't it? I, I mean, I played through, man, I love the first one. I, 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 the first one, I know people have their complaints, but it, it checked all my boxes from what I wanted for it. And I played through the second one, uh, the main, you know, the base game, hot and heavy. I haven't touched any of the add-ons yet. I, I'm sure I'm missing a lot at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a t- you've missed a basically a whole year. God, was it did did Destiny two come out last year? Or was that the year before? I think Maybe. you're up to we're probably we're probably pushing two years. Now. Yeah, I think you're up to two years of missing content at this point. Uh, the, like I said, the the latest thing that came out was Shadowkeep, and they they completely redid a lot of the game. Oh. Most of it is free to play at this point. I believe it's free to play all the way up to Shadowkeep. Oh, okay. Um, so if you've never played Destiny two, I mean, there's so much content like a ton of content there to, to, to play through. Um, and uh, it, they've changed a whole bunch of stuff. Like your default light level now starts at 750. Like even if you start at a new character, instead of starting at zero, your light level, which is basically your power level that you gain throughout the, the, the game, uh, is, is now 750. And, you know, the top is, I believe, around 960. So it, it, they've, they've really kind of just changed a lot uh as far as like making it easier for new people to kind of get in and be, be on the same level or just a bit under than, than the people that play it constantly and get the best gear and the best power score or light score. Uh, and it's just a lot of stuff like that. And it's still just a really fun game to play. Yeah. Actually, I the only know, reason I, I, I'll go ahead. I don't know if I'm going to, yeah, I got to I got to debate whether I'm going to jump back into destiny two, or if I'm going to keep waiting for that Anthem update to come out. <laughs> Well, I think there may may be another year of Destiny content before that Anthem uh, revamp comes out. But the the only reason I actually jumped back into Destiny 2 was because I was having so little fun with Borderlands 3. And I just kind of asked myself, I was like, you know, is it just me or, you know, have I just stopped liking this kind of game? And I actually went back to I I started up Destiny 2 and got in there and like, no, Destiny 2 is great. I I still love playing that kind of game. And Destiny so I, two better than Borderlands three, perhaps the most damning <laughs> review. I, I, I'm going to throw time. it out there. I, I have had nothing but fun playing Destiny uh, two the last few few weeks. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm going to you know stick with it as, as long as I usually do, which is like a few months, and then I'll forget it again until next fall. Well, I've actually played something that that's kind of new for the first time in a while. Stand back. I know. I, I, it's not Monster Hunter, uh, and it's not. 
super new, but I guess it's it's newish. Uh, my son's birthday was two weeks ago, and all he's been talking about is what he calls Luigi's Ghost House. So we now are the proud owners of <laughs> Luigi's Mansion Three for the Switch. And uh, you know, I was like, okay, this looks like it's a goofy game. It is better than the, the Ghostbusters games for being a Ghostbusters mm. game. I love it. I mean, it's cartoony and goofy, so it's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that Ghostbusters game they put out a couple years ago, maybe now it's ten years ago, whatever it was on the uh, on the Xbox 360, I think, was really good. Had some good story, mm-hmm. but this is like, if you just wanted a game where you went out, captured ghosts, and then while you unlocked parts of this mansion by you know finding bosses and finding keys and solving puzzles and stuff, it's it's actually really really good. And the fact that it's designed to be played. I mean, you play by yourself, and you can switch back and forth between your main character, Luigi, mm-hmm. and the, the goo-based Luigi, Gooigi, who has his own special abilities, but also still fights the same way that Luigi does. Or you can play two players, where, you know, my son's always Luigi, and I'm always Gooigi, so I don't really know what's going on in the story or what the goals are because he plays on his own and then when he wants to go back and and kind of find all the hidden little extras we go back in as two players and just clear through the areas and just ghost fight for hours and it's actually super fun Uh, i'm enjoying that but the other thing i'm playing that is not new by any means is i'm playing through Mega Man 5 again uh, because i am listening to a podcast that's going through all the Mega Man's game by game the hot-blooded challenger club podcast uh the at episode 99, we did Fortified Zone. Uh, the the patron who came on with us was Kyle Von Kubik, and it's his podcast that's doing it. And, you know, at first I listened to it because I, I like Mega Man. I think he's got, you know, a, a good take on, on the games. But I hadn't played 5 in so long when they said they were going to cover it. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll start playing 5. And uh, and their episode just came out talking about 5, and I'm at the, the end levels of the game. And, man... I think five is, is one of those Mega Man's I keep forgetting how good it is because it's so it's one of the later games in the series, so you think, okay, two and three are good and everything else, it, they aren't as good. Except for one person who thinks eight is amazing. Generally that's the <laughs> that's the feeling out there. But five is really, really good. It takes back all the things that were kind of boring about four and and refines them. The levels are a little better, the bosses are a little more interesting. I, I I'm really enjoying it. But it's nice to go back and play something that's just kind of a simple I mean, hard, but but a simple, straightforward action shooter uh, while playing these other things that are, uh, you know, everything but. Yeah, I think the, the most important question is about Luigi's Ghost House is how much erotic fan fiction you have written about Gooigi at this point. Uh, well, it's, it's, it, it's a lot. I've got a whole binder here. Uh, I'll be have putting you it shot out. him all over the screen yet? <laughs> I have not, uh, but I have shot all over the screen while playing Gooigi, so that counts. Uh, but Billy, <laughs> what have you been playing? Oh, nothing quite that that arousing. I uh, uh, still playing Death Stranding, like Jeremy said before. I, I think we've talked about it enough. Uh, my what I had to say about it last time still holds holds true. I, I'm still enjoying myself. I have gotten oh, I've gotten it back. I got the itch again, and I am back to fucking farming, pulling up crops, milking the cows. I'm back on Stardew Valley, hot and heavy. And I mean hot and heavy. I am, I, I, for some reason, after putting it down for a while, I'm, I'm right back there. You know, it, it's like a relationship. You, you first get together, and you love spending your nights together, and you lose a lot of sleep. You go to, you know, next thing you know, you're laying there. It's two or three in the morning. You got to get up and go to work. And after a while, the luster wears off. And fucking, you just leave them in the next room, and you go to bed at fucking eight. Uh, I'm back in there now. Uh, things have, have heated up again. Uh, we had a separation and we're back together. And I've, again, just the last damn night, 
I kept telling myself I gotta get up at six a.m. But hey, I'm up there pulling damn onions out at one thirty. What you gonna do? Stardew Valley has got me bad. Apparently, I'm playing on Switch mostly. I do play it on the PC a little bit. Um, I, I switch farm and town. I'm a few years ahead in you know as far as progression goes as I am on the PC. Apparently, a gigantic update has just came out that has added a. Uh, it's the most substantial update yet. Added a ton of content. Uh, it, it hasn't hit the switch yet though. So I'm I'm just I'm sitting and waiting. I feel like the the stars aligned, and I just happened to to get back in just in time for this update. And I will I will surely keep you posted on that, whether you want to hear about it or not. Well, that gives everyone something to look forward to on our next episode. But we should probably cover <laughs> the game this episode we're being asked to cover. No, Pokemon the, the card you game, know, Stardew Valley. <laughs> I got a horse, and it gets me around town just a little bit faster. And uh, <sighs> I got a new favorite fishing spot. You want to talk about that? Uh, we might come back to that. <laughs> Let's go ahead I mean, and cover. You cast your line out. You get a carp every time. We could talk about that at length. Maybe uh, about an hour. came I... into the room with a sultry look on his face. <laughs> Ooh. And he looked towards me. Yes, and he I... was fresh off. He had dirt on his coveralls from pulling onions out front. Well, I'm sure that actually would be. I think we be... got a new Patreon level. Oh, this uh, is... I think if you want to join the, the <laughs> Retrovaniacs erotic fan fiction level. Look for that. That'll be the next tier, uh, which is great. But you don't get to pick a game anymore. Instead, you get to to help us write our fanfic. But before we bother joining <laughs> or putting up new posts and new levels of our Patreon, let's actually talk about this week's game, Pokemon the Card Game for the Game Boy Color. says it all it, it's pretty it's the most accurately named game that we've ever covered it is accurate and as such i'll just tell you about my history with with pokemon in general i, I was I, uh, I was gonna say let's let's start this in a couple phases uh what is your history with pokemon aside from the card game or including the card game outside of this game well i uh instantly uh, i was i was fascinated i think it hit me right i think i was in my surely my early teens maybe when it when it really hit uh the cards did and and i first noticed them because the the gas station down the street from me that i used to frequent uh almost daily for for many a non-healthy food and drink item uh there was always people gathered around the uh you know the back then you had your thing with all kinds of cards you had you know your baseball cards various different cards the little rack and and Pokemon was always the one that was getting snatched up. So I, I grabbed some up one day too to see what it was all about, uh, you know, and had the internet then, but there just wasn't a ton about it here yet, I guess. I think there was a little buffer between when the cards actually arrived and when people really knew what the hell it was. And, you know, soon the, the I loved collecting the cards. I, I, the, the, I love the artwork on them uh, and just the various 
know, little characters on them. So I put together a pretty solid collection of those. In fact, I, I still have a binder with the, uh, the, the original, you know, what, 151 on there. Um, not all first, first print, um, or else I would, you know, have graciously cashed it in, but, and, you know, it's, then the cartoon came around and I am, am not ashamed to admit I've watched that thing, you know, all the time. And then some of the other games came out, the, the more traditional Pokemon games. I think people think about, you know, the, the RPG type games and then Pokemon Snap came around and Pokemon Stadium. Uh, those 64 games came around and, and I just loved those. I, I, they could do no wrong with me for a, a stretch of time there. And still to this day, I, I think the, the RPG, I haven't played the, the latest one for the switch, but up till that last 3ds one, uh, the, uh, their RPG games, their core Pokemon games, I think are, are, are wonderful experiences and, and just a great diversion. Uh, and they're, they're familiar. Uh, they, yeah, they've updated it a little bit here and there, uh, as far as the graphics and all, but some of the core and they'll add in a new mechanic here and there, but they kept the rest of it so similar that it, it just feels like just an extension of the, the game before that and the game before that, uh, which is good in this case. That's, that's not necessarily complimentary, but I do mean it that way, uh, in this case. And yeah, I mean, I just, a, a, a love for most things, Pokemon. However, I did collect the cards, did not care for the card game one bit. Uh, at the beginning, it was because I had no understanding of it. And I had several friends that were, uh, much more enthusiastic about it. You know, they did the whole grab up all your binders and head to the comic shop on the weekend. Uh, and, you know, they taught me, I sat down, I, I played through several games and I, you know, I had the mechanics down. I had the rules down. I, and I had some pretty decent cards too, uh, with, you know, without the intention of collecting them for the game, but I still, with the knowledge of how to play the, that, that card game just did not latch on with me, um, and subsequently, over the years, most card games of that ilk, because uh, it has inspired several games, uh, just never never caught on with me. I mean, I appreciate collecting the cards and all that, but nah, the, the, uh, the card game is not for me. And with my saying the card game is not for me, I could probably duck out the rest of the episode. <laughs> it's been nice you talking to you, fun. Billy. <laughs> I, got, so I got some fan fiction to write here. I'll see you guys. Uh, we're we're going to get into some of the, uh, the the specific mechanics and and why this may or may not work uh, as a Game Boy game or or as a game yes. in general. Uh, Jeremy, I know you are not a Pokemon guy. I know that that's every time it's come up before you've said you're not interested in it. And if this was not a patron request, you would probably not be doing this at all. So I'm assuming how, you don't have you a lot. Explain the Snorlax tattoo. <laughs> well, you got to get to episode 200 for that explanation. <laughs> Again, what that mouth do? Um, for me, like uh, I, my first encounter with Pokemon was uh, working at my second job when all that first really hit big. Um, back in the Game Boy days, uh, I was working at Target with my friend Ronnie, and we basically it was Christmas. You know, is that kind of you know kind of the time it is now? And it was huge. Pokemon was huge. I don't think if you were around then you knew, but if you were born yeah. past then, you could not possibly understand just how big pokemon was like it was it was a thing 
And we basically had one full aisle in the toy section dedicated to Pokemon toys, stuffed animals, everything you can imagine. And by the end of the night, it was usually just a wreck because all the kids came into that store and the parents were like, get the fuck away from us while we do our Christmas shopping, go to the toys and wreck it. And that's what they did. They wrecked the hell out of that aisle. And so like at the end of the night, I remember me and my friend Ronnie were actually picking up all the Pokemon stuff and he just lets out the worst fart I've probably ever heard in my entire life. And I was, you know, that's not too out of the ordinary for him. But then he looked at me and he said, I've shit myself. And I said, what? He said, I have shit my pants. And to prove it, he shook his leg and a small turd fell off his pants. <laughs> What's happening here? Just onto the floor. Is it possible floor. to burn this recording? Let's <laughs> just burn it down to start over. Just a small turd that fell out of the floor. I think we were both as shocked. You know, we were both horrified. <laughs> And that is my most fond Pokemon memory. So, yes. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> let's just go with that. Okay. So, uh, not not a fan of the Pokemon at all. Not really. Did you play any of the previous games to any length? The, the non-card game? The, the regular uh, the Game Boy or anything? What was the one that came with uh, the, the the Picometer, the Pika, Pika Monitor? It, it was like the thing that like you, you could carry around with you oh, as Pikachu. Boy. And like the more you oh, walk, yeah, the little it was like the little Pokeball that you had yeah. with it. Um, oh boy, was it? It was shit. A, it was, was on it the diamond DS. And, uh, I can't remember if it was it, diamond and pearl. If it was before that, it was on the DS. I remember that much. Uh, but I, I did play that one a little bit, and I remember my girlfriend at the time just looking down on me in shame. Like I brought it over to her house at one point, and she was like, "What is that?" I was like, "It's you know, you walk around with it, you get energy for your Pokemans." And like she just, <laughs> and that was probably the reason she broke up with me. But that's that was the one I played for maybe like I don't know 10, 15 hours. But besides that, never played an actual game, never played the card game. So, and, and <laughs> I had played Pokemon Blue when it first came out. I was working at at the EB at the time, and it was you know the the cards were huge. The cards I think showed up before the the Game Boy game did. And those were awful to deal with. We sold them. Everybody sold them. They sold them at gas stations, like Billy said. And at least in my area, it was like people would come in every day asking if you had any for a while. It was one of those, um, you know, like, I mean, I'm too old to have sold Cabbage Pat's kids. But that's what it's like where it's like or, or Tickle Me Elmo was big when I did work at a toy store for one Christmas. And it was like people came in every day, all day long. Do you happen to have one? You're getting a shipment today? You're like, no, we don't. We get shipments once a week for this stuff. And we don't know when it's coming. And, you know, just show up every day at 10 or you know, too bad. Go somewhere else that sells more of these. We get like two packs a day. Uh, but but so the cards were awful to deal with, but people were buying them. The Game Boy game, and maybe it's because we were a, you know, a game-specific store, we always had as many copies as we could after it first came out. And it sold really well, and it seemed to be really popular. So I, I gave Blue a shot, and I thought, well, this is a game that is, you know, it's like RPGs to teach kids how to play RPGs. You don't just throw a kid at Final Fantasy 3 or 6. Uh, on Super Nintendo without ever playing any of these before, you know, who's, who's a seven-year-old, they're never going to figure this out. They're going to get frustrated. It's a lot of, of reading. You know, the, Pokemon, it has some reading, but it's very simple. The combat mechanics are as simple as you can get while still having that RPG feel to it. What it did have, which is not a surprise to anybody, but was the, you know, the gotta catch them all, the collectability of, of finding all the little monsters. I thought that was really cool, uh, but but not enough to keep me in. Like, I didn't finish Pokemon Blue. I probably got 
20 hours into it and, and got pretty far, but I just didn't, I didn't feel like continuing. I, I started beating some of the, the gym trainers or whatever and getting through the game. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of bored with this. I see what it is. It's the same thing over and over again. I'll come back to it, and I never did. Uh, the only other Pokemon game I've ever played until this was uh, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, which I got for my kids when we first got the Switch. And it is a very dumbed-down version of Pokemon, even over Pokemon Blue. Uh, it, it combat's even simpler, and the actual process of capturing a Pokemon literally involves shaking your hand and pushing a button. Uh, so it's oh, yeah, not. <laughs> it's, it's modeled more after the uh, what Pokemon Go. Isn't yeah, it? it is. But I, yeah. I didn't. I thought it would still be a little more involved, and it is more involved oh, yeah. than that. But and I thought again, for my purpose, my kids at that time were like three and five. So I was like, this will teach oh, yeah. them the mechanics that I that would be, you know, why they might like these other games that are a little better, but we never finished mm -hmm. those. They actually have, have just started getting into it again. Uh, but the new Pokemon, Pokemon Sword and Shield just came out and I'd be willing to bet they're going to get a copy of that for Christmas. One of the two of them. So they'll play that and I'm sure I'll end up playing through it. Uh, but my experience with the card game is literally just hating selling it and never figuring out the rules. My, you know, I didn't have kids at the time. I, everyone else I knew was in their, you know, early 20s maybe maybe in my my late teens I don't remember but definitely post high school so I wasn't going to learn this but my other question and and Billy you may have already answered this but other than the Pokemon card game were any of you guys into like Magic the Gathering or any of those other previous big collectible card games like I said they never appealed to me nor did the cards really um as stated with Pokemon I I can not enjoy the game that you're supposed to play with them but just from a collecting standpoint, you know, love, you know, getting the cards and kind of, kind of getting them all nice and, and orderly to look at. Uh, no, I, I can't say any of the other cards appealed to me. Certainly not the game aspect, and um, definitely not. I, I just I didn't like the style of any of the other ones either. I, I'm only now, what, a good solid twenty some years later, uh, slowly developing a, a liking for some card games here and there. Um, but no, at that time, I missed absolutely all of those grazes. Uh, unless Garbage Pail Kids count. Which, oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I collected the hell out of those, but, you know, you mm -hmm. couldn't really do anything with those except, like, throw them at your friends on the school bus. But besides that, the only card game, like, actual, I guess, like, Pokemon was uh, Gwent in The Witcher 3. Like, I, I was absolutely addicted to, to going around and playing AI people in that game, uh, a game of Gwent. It was just something that I did for, for weeks on end and got dangerously addicted to, which is, you know, probably I think what the first like 20 episodes of this whole podcast is just me talking about Gwent. Um, but yeah, that that's really about it. And I, I really think the only reason I got into Gwent was because it was very simple and easy to understand. Um, and that is not the case with when I got into this Game Boy game. I was like, what is any of this? This is something that I'm not familiar with. And, and this is probably going to take me a minute to, to learn and, and understand because it's it's very much just like, you know, add these other types of cards into your deck and, and you know, pick a, I don't know, like a bonus card and, and all these things. It's a lot of rules to learn. And I've never been patient enough to, to learn the rules of card games generally. Well, I played, uh, and unsurprisingly to most people that listen to this podcast, I'm a giant nerd. I played so much Magic the Gathering and tried so many collectible card games that this game, when it first came out, I figured, you know, okay, this is a game that's built for little kids. It's not going to be any fun. I didn't bother learning how to play it. 
you know, a few years after it was out, my my girlfriend at the time, who had a much much younger brother, like her her parents had her, and then they had like a kid fifteen years later, right? So he was eight or nine and trying to get into these Pokemon cards. So I was trying to learn how to play the game because he didn't understand how to play it. And I thought, okay, I'll, I'll help you learn how to play this game. And I couldn't figure out the rules, partly because the, the rules for this this game are simpler than you think in some ways, but then more complex than they need to be in others. Uh, but, but I expected to play a little more like what Magic the Gathering played like, which is unfortunately what I'm going to use as a reference for, <laughs> for many things, despite that neither of you know what I'm talking about or care. But this game is... Uh, the, the card game that this game is based on is, I think, flawed in, in, in fairly many aspects. One is that it's the easiest game I've ever seen where if you just spend more money, you're probably going to win the game. It doesn't guarantee it, uh, and you can get lucky and get some really good cards with one, back, one pack, but there's a real good chance you're not. So it's, I, I don't care for a game where I feel like the deck is stacked against you if you didn't spend a whole bunch of money, and I think Pokemon has a problem with that. Uh, that said, this version of the game, the Pokemon card game for the Game Boy, which from this point on I will only refer to, <laughs> is a actually not a bad way to learn how to play this game with the regular cards without 20-plus years of additional rule sets they've added on and 20-plus years of new sets that have to be more powerful than the previous to give you any reason to buy them. Uh, my son just got into it now, and we're, we're playing it now a little bit. Because I played this game, I was able to figure out how to play the Pokemon card game. I showed him how to actually play it, and I think it's, it's unwieldy now. I think it's too big uh, as far as it's been around too long. So you really, really need to just kind of buy the current cards all the time to keep current if you're going to play this game, and I don't, I don't very much care for that. As a, uh, as a thing I want to introduce my, my eight-year-old to, uh, where I have to constantly go out and buy packs for him to stay current. Game Boy is as close to a card game as you will find, period. It is more than that. It's not just like, hey, you come on and here's a deck of cards and we'll give you X opponent and you play this opponent in cards or it's only for multiplayer. No, it has what looks like at first a regular Pokemon Game Boy game frame around the game. You start the game out, you're in the lab of Dr. Mason, who's, who's going to teach you how to play the game and... You, know, you go through a couple rounds of, the, of cards or at least a few turns with people with like a preset hand that teaches you the rules of the game. And then you get to kind of pick what sort of deck you want. And much like the original red and blue Pokemon, you can pick if you want a Charmander deck, a Squirtle deck, a Bulbasaur deck. And it gives you a fairly good starter deck of 60 cards that you use to walk around this map. And ultimately, you're supposed to challenge the eight gym masters 
to get their master coin. Once you've beaten all eight gym masters and get their master coin, you get to go to like the Pokemon champion round where you fight against you know four of the best Pokemon players ever. And if you do that, then you get access to these ultimate cards. But since that's how you end the game, those cards aren't that extremely helpful for the purpose of talking about the game. But that's the whole point of the game, to, to get your deck, go out, fight people, beat their, their gym leader in what's a, a hand of cards, which can be very fast or could take you over an hour of real time. And, you know, as you're beating these <laughs> these characters in in the game, either just standard people who challenge you to cards or these gym masters, as you beat them, they give you, quote, booster packs to kind of feel like you're out in the world buying these cards in real life. And they give you 10 more cards for your collection. You can then take those cards back and add them to your current deck. Uh, you have to replace cards. You can't have more than 60 or less than 60. So you take some cards you don't like out and put new ones in, or you can go back to the lab and start from scratch they have a once you've beaten a gym master and gotten their medal it kind of gives you a handful more pre-made decks it says you can make assuming you have those cards in your collection so it means the only way to really guarantee you're going to be able to make all the decks you want to make uh and and really see everything the game has to see is to keep fighting these regular uh, i don't want to say random encounters because they're not you walk up to someone and say hey i want to play you in cards and you play them in cards and just play these games really quick that is the core of the game, and, and if you don't like the card game itself, and, and we'll get into the mechanics without just going through how to play Pokemon cards, because no one wants to hear that discussion, but th if you don't like the Pokemon card game as a mechanic, this is 100% a game you should not play. <laughs> you know, it got my hopes up. Uh, I perked up. I, my last holdout was, all right, I know I'm going to be playing the card game in some form or fashion. Uh, and, and I didn't look up any footage of this or anything beforehand. So I perked up when I saw that old familiar, you know, style that, that the RPGs have. And for a minute there, I, I thought, hey, things might be all right. No, uh, it is. Uh, it, it's similar to the trainer battles in the RPGs where you walk up to a another trainer, um, whether you're in a building or out in the wild and. And you have a Pokemon battle, which is, you know, much easier to do. And there are less menus and it's a lot prettier. <laughs> wow. You get thrust into just the ugliest damn set of menus. And I, I mean, but it's, you know, it's, it's, you're restricted to the hardware at the time. Um, the last holdout for me, I told you, I love the, the, the art of those cards. If they could have reproduced it a little better instead, it's just, it's ugly. Well, it, it's I, on the Game Boy. You got to give it credit that I, it actually looks I, yeah, pretty nice I, I, for the I, Game it's, Boy. It's good for the Game Boy. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's well done for that. But still, it's just that would have been like the last little thing to at least keep me wanting to see the different cards. As it stands, I mean, uh, I, I, you know, even even on a better system, I think after having a look at the cards, I, I would probably I would not stick around. Um, it's just, it's, oh, I, somebody else talk. I'm just going to go, oh, over and over again. I can feel it. There's another one coming. Somebody else take it up. <laughs> I mean, I guess oh, we should mention. You, wait, you waited too long. Oh, damn it. I, I mean, I guess we should mention that this is the original Pokemon. So uh, the uh, it's like 200, right? 200 cards that you can get. It's 200, yeah, 219 are in the decks you can okay. see from the start, and there are extra cards you could have earned. Uh, one, the, the ones you get at the very end of the game, but also if you 
have friends with this game in person. Uh, you could do what's uh, what's a versus battle and what's called card pop. I'm going to say if you have friends, you're not going to be playing this. You're going to be playing with the real cards with your friends. I would agree. Um, but at the same time, if you did have this version and you were going to play with other people, you can earn additional cards you can only get that way. So uh, I didn't verify this other than Wikipedia because I don't care more than, than knowing that there are more cards in the 219 that you can see from the in-game like deck you can – or deck – listing uh, but there's 226 cards in the game per wikipedia did this I, thing I, take advantage of that game link cable yes that, and that's how you would use it card did. pop mm -hmm. oh. yeah you, you would I, I, you would link it up with two people and you would play uh you you'd play the full card game you'd you'd have whatever deck you made and i would come up to you with whatever deck i made and we'd we'd do a battle in game there was like a place you go for that and then you can trade cards but at the same time you can do this thing called card pop one time with each person you meet and if you do that enough times, you'll earn specific cards, or it's like a random chance you'll get a card uh, that's you know unique to card pop each time. So you mm -hmm. could get really lucky and play seven different people and get all seven of those cards, or you could play two thousand matches and never get one. We'd be the uh, imagine too like oh we'd be the coolest fucking kids in school. Our Game Boys linked up playing the Pokemon card game. <laughs> I will say that this is probably uh, you know I I. I'm thankful for this game for finally teaching me how to play uh, Pokemon the card game correctly mm -hmm. because um, I, I didn't really play it much back in the day at all, but I did have a lot of family members and friends that were dangerously into that. You know, they had their collections and I would go over and they would be in the process of playing their friends uh, with, the, with the cards and stuff like that. And I'd kind of watch them. And at some point I, I remember being like, okay, you know, you're, you're doing this. Why are you doing this? And they'd be like, we don't really know. And it's just like, wait, are you saying you don't actually know the rules? Like, I thought, you know, you, you play this all the time. I was just like, mm. no, we just kind of make up our own rules. That's still and what happens. There's none I, of the I kids thought, in my neighborhood I, know this game. Not one. I was going to ask, like, <laughs> if there, if this is like a still a thing where people just kind of make up their own rules as it goes along. So I just kind of thought that this thing, everyone just played the way they wanted to. I don't know, but apparently this game was here to tell everyone how the fuck you're actually supposed to play this game. So, yes, I have finally learned how to play Pokemon the card game, and I learned that I don't actually want to play it anymore. Well, and I can attest that I guess my friends did play it a little differently also, uh, because while I, I recognize the core mechanics, there were some things on here, and I thought to myself, hey, that was not how it went. Uh, so, yeah, this thing does kind of serve as a, if nothing else, a, a, a digital rule book as to how you were supposed to properly uh, play this game. That, that, yeah, I guess everybody did have their little spins on it, whether it's because they didn't have a full understanding or because they thought it improved the game. Who knows? But, but like I said, when Pokemon first came around and people were grabbing up these cards, I remember that there was a little bit, there was a stretch of time before anybody even really knew what the hell was going on with them. Well, and, and they just wanted them because they were... You know, they do look nice. Like you said, the cards looked really pretty, mm -hmm. and it mm -hmm. is fun to collect them. And there is a game, and you can tell there's a game with them because each card has, you know, hit points and these special abilities mm -hmm. and whatever. And all of that is is converted nicely in this game. The best you're going to do on a, you know, two-button, arguably four, if you're counting the select and start button, interface on a Game Boy Color. Uh, it is, it, it makes that... Okay, so I said I wasn't going to get into how to play Pokemon too much, but you have to explain a little bit of the mechanic. And so... Oh, buckle in. Everyone, 
yeah, maybe we should take a, a an intermission where <laughs> everyone can go out and get some caffeine and come back. I'm not going to get into all the rules because it really is uh, one of those games where the basic rules are real simple, but then it gets more and more involved depending what cards are being played, etc. So I'm going to make this as simple as possible. It's a 60 card deck. Each character, ha- each player has their own unique deck and you start the game by pulling a hand of cards of seven you then take pokemon from your hand and play them in front of you Uh, one is your active pokemon you can put up to six behind you as quote your bench they are not for the for any other purpose than to fill in if your first pokemon goes down or you can choose to swap them with your active pokemon at, at certain points in the battle each turn consists of playing some cards that may enhance your your um your abilities, called trainer cards, you can play as many of those as you want. You can play new Pokemon down as as in your bench, and you can put one energy card on any Pokemon, and energy cards are needed to do most of their attacks. So in the simplest version of the game, each person would have one Pokemon in front of them as they're active. They have nobody on their bench. You put an, an energy on your active Pokemon, and now all of a sudden it says, okay, you have an energy, uh, you know, the fire energy on this Pokemon that needs a fire energy, and he'll do an attack that does 30 damage to your opponent's Pokemon. Each Pokemon has their own uh, health pool. When that Pokemon takes all their damage, it goes in, into the discard pile, and you technically win that fight. You don't win the whole the whole card game with the other person because the card games in the Game Boy version, at least, have a different variable on how the game ends. You can win a game by killing all the opponent's Pokemon. If they don't have any more in their bench, you win. If not, you have these prize cards you put out, and you have to win all those prize cards. If you get all the prize cards, then you also win. So there's two ways to win each fight. That's the basics of the game, and because it's a card game, and there's a lot of randomization in what cards you'll get in your 7 out of the 60 you have in your deck, some games you start up and you'll have a Pokemon that you can start with one attack, uh, a good attack with only one energy, you get lucky, you get that same energy in your starting hand, your opponent will get a Pokemon but no energy, so all they can do is soak up damage until they run out. So you'll get some fast rounds in this, where you'll just get the luck of the draw, you get to literally just slam down two cards, two turns later you've won the game, awesome. That's that's a two-minute match. Great. The problem is, other matches don't go that well. You each start with three Pokemon on your, on your bench and one active, you have no energy, neither of you do, you have to take time to keep drawing cards to get energy. The batches can take forever, they can take an hour, they can take longer. The, the game does not give you a chance to speed these matches up. You can't just, there is no forfeit option, which is good in some ways. I see why they didn't allow it, but also infuriating in other ways, because as I mentioned at the start of this, I find this game in general, the mechanics of the Pokemon card game and the, the in this version and in the cards as extremely unbalanced at times. So there are times where you can tell there's nothing you can do to stop the computer from killing you over a very, very long window because they're not doing a lot of damage but there's nothing you can do to stop it and you don't have the right cards because you've either made a bad deck or whatever and you can do nothing but defend all day long and even if you skip your turn every time you still have to wait while the computer does their full turn and so I had some games where I knew three minutes in there's no chance I was going to win and I still had to waste 20 minutes of time to finish the match to try again that is all, all I did was make bad decks in this game and it seemed like I would come up against people because you, you can kind of pick at the beginning, uh, you know, what you want to go up against. But it, I, maybe it's because of the limited number of cards that they give you at the beginning of the game that you can't really build out a, a decent deck. 
And so you're kind of trapped with what you have. I know that happened to me a lot in, in Gwent in The Witcher 3. Like things didn't actually get really interesting until you could actually get enough cards to build a decent deck. So like, but at the beginning of this game, I was, I just constantly felt like I was in a corner and just getting my ass beat and there's no forfeit button. So you just kind of have to sit there and, and know what's going to happen. So, so maybe that's why, like, maybe if I had played enough to really get a, enough of enough cards to make a decent deck where I could counter things, but with what they give you at the beginning, I, I don't know. Like I just, I, I didn't feel like I was make, making much of a dent at the beginning or maybe just the game is that hard all the way through, but I know at the beginning it was a bitch. It, it doesn't get easier necessarily. Again, this is more of a problem with the card game uh, as opposed to the Game Boy. I mean, it's the problem here too, but the problem is not they coded this badly or it's a bad version of this card game. This is how the card game is. Each Pokemon, and you'll see it on their, you know, their summary uh, on, on the card, sometimes they're immune, or not immune, but, but uh, resistant to certain attacks. Sometimes they take double or triple damage from certain attacks. And the key is, for example, I did, at the start of the game, you pick which kind of deck you want, you know, essentially fire, water, or um, a plant. And I went with the Squirtle deck, the water deck. So what you're supposed to do is find a place where you know they're going to be hurt more by water attacks. So you go to the fire gym, and because you can go to any gym you want in any order. There's not like a, a map, an overall map that's more than just pointing at different places. So you can go right to the fire gym and just take on random people there. Not the gym master yet, but random people. And most of your attacks are going to do double damage. So you get your characters out that you know are going to be... Uh, you know, get lucky, get a couple characters you know have a pretty good attack, does 30 damage or 40 damage with one water energy as water damage, and boom, they're taking 60 to 80 damage every time you hit them, which will kill most starter Pokemon that you're going to fight against. So if you can find a way to use your deck and the strengths of your deck and kind of cheese out those fights for a while, again, as you win them, you get 10 new cards for your deck, and you just do it over and over and over again until you have a bunch of cards. You know, you won't find every card in the game that way because... Certain gyms only give out certain cards to make sure you can't just get all 100, 219 cards fighting the same person over and over again. But you can definitely get your decks built up enough to where you can start saying, okay, I have a water deck now, and I'll get a fire deck to go against the grass-type Pokemon, and I'll get a lightning uh, attack to, you know, a lightning deck to go against water Pokemon. Whatever it is you need that's their weakness, that's what you kind of have to build for in theory. What I found was because the game does allow you to take, you know, take these rounds over and over again, even if you to go through the 30-minute long battle if you don't get lucky, if you do get lucky, you can win every single fight with one deck. With the starter deck you get, don't make any modifications, booms. You just, you, you can win if you get a good hand with any deck. So I finished all eight Gym Masters and got to the very end of the game without changing one card out of that starter deck. But it was painful. And there were nights playing this for this podcast where I would fight the same gym master like 10 times in a row. And it would take me two hours of time while I watched a movie until eventually I got a round where I had, you know, one good Pokemon. And they only had one Pokemon at the front. They didn't have anyone in there uh, in their their reserves. And I was able to to take them down before they had a chance to build up. And that's a bad mechanic. That's a bad, that's a bad strategy. But it's exactly what I did to get through this entire game. Did you ever get any psychic type? Oh yeah, yeah. I got some psychic Pokemon. I got. I, f I found on the RPG. You just need some psychic type and goddamn Onyx, and and then you're good. Well, that, for, there's for just about any challenge. There are cheese cards that'll get you through it, and and actually, 
you know, as I found with the the real card game, it's the same thing. Uh, every color, once you collect yeah, enough cards, yeah. you'll say like, okay, wait. Of all these things, why would I have ten different creature types? I can only have a maximum of of three of each in this deck, but why not just stack it? Get three of the best of this one, and three of the best of this one, and three of the best of this one, and then I, all my creatures I get, even if I, I only have one or two, are all as strong as they can possibly be, and, you know, that's without even worrying about the fact that most of these Pokemon have evolutions, and evolutions yeah. you can play on top of existing Pokemon after they've been around that make them even stronger. So, you know, it was like... My deck became once I, you know, once I got to the end and I started having problems. The very end of the game is where I hit a wall where I could not beat these last, you know, four super, super trainers or whatever they're called. Well, I mean, they're the best Pokemon players in the world. What do you expect? Well, and and my basic deck did not do it, so I went back in and I did. I just made a deck of like the these characters are super powered at the base level, and then these are not great mm -hmm. at the base level, but their second levels amazing. And then I had one that was literally like, if I can get this this guy and get lucky and get him in my reserves, and then upgrade him in the reserves till his last form. His last form is mind-blowing, and I will use that you know, to win the game if I have to. And I did eventually finish with that. But up until the very end, I didn't have to worry about any of that. But that's the same thing with the, the true card game, is that you'll have certain cards, you're like, why would I ever not use this? If I'm making a water deck, you, there's no reason not to use this water deck. For the same cost that takes me to bring on one character that does 10 damage, I can bring this guy on, he does 50. Like, it's really, really unbalanced, and I'm I'm not quite sure I like playing this game at all, uh, but at least on the Game Boy, you're stuck with the original few sets of cards. I think it's the first game and the first two expansions, and it is a controlled environment, but I'm also not playing against real people, and I can watch movies while I do it. But uh, <laughs> So I, I, didn't, I didn't hate playing the card game on this Game Boy, but... Again, if you don't like this card game, this is not a game you will want to play. And that's, I mean, that's it. That's all it comes down to. Uh, if you, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you were a big fan of this game, I, I can't imagine uh, you wouldn't like, you know, having it on, on the Game Boy to take on, on the road. Even if you played this, the traditional card game with your friends. I mean, if you're out of town or, or whatever, or if you only see your friends on the, the weekend, you could pull away on this during the week. I'm not taking away the fact that there is a crowd for this, and this appeals to an audience, but that is, it appeals to such a very, uh, very specific audience. Uh, I, I, I don't think this one really had mass appeal to it which is probably why we didn't see probably why the the standard rpg series is still going uh but I, as far as i know uh, were there any other card card games after this there was one more in japan we did not get it in the u.s um but the card game itself still going on today i mean there's still there's a brand new yeah. expansion that just came out a little while ago i mean this yeah. this thing is still going strong but i think you're right this is this game is appealing to people who want to play the card game but don't have a way to do it easily Either you're, you know if you're on the yeah. road and you want to play it i mean i guess when this game was brand new and again you, you weren't going to go out and find a a computer-based version of of a deck builder this has that i mean this has a deck building yeah. ability it is the exact same cards you'd get in the the original card game now i'm not a hundred percent sure that they're that that's an 100 percent true statement but generally those are the same cards uh, that do the same things as the original cards, where you could build a deck and then even test it out over and over again, essentially, against these mm. computer opponents. But 
that's an expensive way to do something that if you're going to have a bunch of friends playing this card game with them anyway, that, that's kind of the fun of playing a collectible card game is coming up with a really crazy deck idea and then blowing everyone's mind with it one time and destroying them. Yeah. And then everyone realizes how to counter that really quickly and you got to change your whole strategy again. So a, a card game on, on a console, generally I, I can see why they, they have a market. But it's, it's not nearly as big as the cards themselves do for the card game and how much the regular Pokemon RPGs do on their own. Because they aren't this kind of weird hybrid of both experiences, which, yeah. again, to, to give it a lot of credit, it does follow the rules of the card game. It's a very good simulator of the card game built in with this, you know, kind of Game Boy Kid style overlay. I just don't think it is a replacement for either and on its own. It gets dull quick. I mean, I finished it, and I will never play this again. Oh, no, I didn't finish it, <laughs> and I will never play this again. Uh, yeah, this has. This is not going to win you over. I don't think there's anyone who's not a fan of the card game that's going to play this, and then it's going to be like, oh, I should give that card game a second chance. Uh, I mean, this completely, at this point in time, this day and age going back to it, I mean, if you're hot and heavy playing the card game nowadays, I mean, it's, I'd, I'd imagine it's going to be hard to go back to this one because there are uh, hundreds of, hundreds more cards since then, fuck, hundreds more Pokemon, and I'm sure the rules have, have been tweaked left and right. So I, It's I would still the same is... basic game, but it is definitely yeah. different. They've, they've, a lot of the things mm. I don't like about this game, the new rules kind mm. of fix, but it's still the same core game. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a, if you're a card game fan, it would only be worth going back to this maybe for, for posterity's sake, just for just to look at it as a relic, I guess, of, of how it used to be. Uh, it, it seems like, you know, like you said, I don't know if the, the newer rules fix this, but it seems tedious almost to a degree. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if card games were different back in the day, you know, if things have been streamlined as much as video games have. But like going like playing this, it just seems like it is very drawn out. You know, hey, card, card game, whatever. But it is, you know, it's just slow, and there's just a lot kind of going on, and you really have to. I, I don't know. It, it's just one of those things that isn't for me. I've never been a big card playing kind of guy. Uh, yeah. So, and and that's, and that's the thing. I I think it's it's a uh, if you had the chance to play the card game, half the fun. I hated the card game, but I would sit and play with my friends because half the fun. Is is the interaction is the you know, shit talking each other, the entire time, um, and yeah, what you get here is just a very subdued, very sterile experience. I can imagine a kid just playing this in a dark room, uh, you know, and it's boring. It, it's it's too boring for me. Uh, I, I can't imagine. I'd have a hard time even thinking that the card game fanatics would would really enjoy this one. It's bizarre. It was a bizarre, obvious experiment here in the states, and it and it didn't take off. And I and I can clearly see why. Um, and this whole time, I've been trying to think of what audience to recommend this game to. Uh, I don't know. Unless you're really hankering to to re-experience that opening first run of the Pokemon card game. Uh, Shit. It, it is a good way to introduce the mechanics of the game without being yeah. too confusing because the game forces you to go through that tutorial and it's actually a really good tutorial. Now, you can buy this on Game Boy, or I'm sorry, 
you can buy it on Game Boy. It's going to cost you a good a good penny. You can buy bit. it on the 3DS Virtual Console for $3. And oh, for $3, if you are the parent of a child who cannot understand the Pokemon game, but the only reason is just because the rules are a little confusing and your friends make up their own rules so no one really knows how to play the game, for $3 to teach them how to play the game without you figuring out the rules is probably uh -huh. worth it. I mean, that's the only way I knew how to play this game now to teach my son how to play it is I played this and I was like, oh, all the things I read before that I thought were probably wrong are in fact right. That's how you should play this game. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned that you thought this was tedious, Jeremy, and, and I think this card game, even the card game version of the card game, is tedious. Um, without spending everyone's evening explaining why as a mechanic <laughs> compared to a game like Magic the Gathering, this is tedious and some of those games are faster, it's entirely because you don't pay to put your Pokemon out. You just put them out. So they can't allow you to immediately attack with them, and therefore, if you put out powerful Pokemon early, there's a chance you're going to spend turns just waiting to get the right cards to actually make them useful. Where a game like Magic, you can't put out a strong character until you have a bunch of energy already out. And then you can unload on people, but it's very obvious what you're doing. So it changes the speed of the game, it changes the mechanics. Just a different kind of game. Uh, that, that, that's, that's the big difference. I'm not going to waste everyone's time and bore everyone who has not turned off this podcast already with my thoughts on why, <laughs> why this is slow versus another card game. But yes, it is a slow card game, even in card game format. And on a Game Boy, where you cannot, you know, just forfeit games, you can't speed the game up too, too much. You can speed up the, the, the text scroll a little bit, but not enough. And you can't skip a lot of things, especially in the middle of the card game. You have to watch the computer play their entire goddamn turn. That is you know, I, very I, I think I'm just going to stick stick to my hood rules of if your card is sparkly and my card is not, then your card oh, beats yeah. my card. That, yeah, you're done. That, yeah, that's pretty much how it should work. It would be much faster and probably more enjoyable. That said, I, I didn't hate this. I, I played it. I will not play it again. But it made me understand how to play the basic game. And despite if I choose to or not play it, I don't hate that I will have to play it with my son. Where before, I would never have said that. So I guess, <laughs> mission accomplished, I've learned how to play Pokemon the card game, for better or worse. And, and well, Donovan, good luck getting your card to start tomorrow morning. Good luck with them four fucking flat tires you're going to have after I get down there. Oh, and Donovan, he's a long-time listener. I can't believe he's done this to us. Uh, this game, yeah, I mean, uh, Jeremy P. obviously has found, and I'm happy for him. He has, he has found the usefulness to this game. Perhaps, if nothing else, just to go through the tutorial, if you are interested I finally did it. This whole episode, I've been searching for the crowd for this thing. If you're interested in Pokemon game, use this for a $3 tutorial. And then once the tutorial's over on there, you can you can put it away and enjoy the card game the, the way the Lord intended. our thoughts on the Pokemon trading card game uh, for the Game Boy Color. Uh, interesting. It, it's um, impressive uh, what they were put able to, what they were able to put on that cart, uh, but not necessarily enjoyable. Uh, I believe, unlike last week, we probably have a handful of listener questions. 
Uh, yes, we do. And it is that time of the year, guys. It is the holiday season. And if you are tired of going to stores and just seeing constant streams of people and crying ass children everywhere, I, I got a solution for you. Just dump all that. Go back home. Go into Retrovania.net. Scroll all the way down to the bottom and send us a question. I mean, just tell us how fucking how much you hate Christmas. I, I'm fine with that. Um, or just ask us a, a question about a video game or, or a question about the show. Send it in and we'll read it here, just like we're about to do with Felona J's question. And they're writing in about Donkey Kong Country. They write in to say, I was surprised to see you guys review the overexposed and overrated game. Yeah, it looked great 25 years ago, but it never played that well, in my opinion. <laughs> the best Whoa. thing about... <laughs> the best thing about Donkey Kong Country is how it gave us Yoshi's Island. As the story goes, Shigeru Miyamoto was beginning work on Super Mario World 2, and the edict came down from above to implement CGI-style graphics into the game, specifically as a result of Donkey Kong Country's massive success. Miyamoto has made no secret of his dislike for Donkey Kong Country and responded by giving the executives the exact opposite of what they demanded, the famous hand-drawn crayon look that defines the game and has aged far better than Donkey Kong Country's graphics, if you ask me. That's the mark of a true artist. It makes you wonder what other great games we could have gotten if Miyamoto had been pissed off more often. I don't disagree that Donkey Kong Country is, I don't want to say overrated, because I think the series as a whole is very well made. But I think the original game, as I, I said in that episode, did not age as well for me. Uh, I think the it, it's just not as, as polished. And I would not compare it to Yoshi's Island. Uh, I mean, Yoshi's Island has its own issues, but we discussed that on the Yoshi's Island episode. But but I think it's a more interesting game than Donkey Kong Country by far. Well, more interesting doesn't mean better. Um, <laughs> more interesting, uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, it's got a, a more unique art style. Uh, it you know doesn't hold a candle to Donkey Kong Country in terms of you know controls, and I would I would generally say in the sound department and in the fun factor of it all. Um, I mean, the only thing about Donkey Kong Country that has not aged really is the, I mean, we're going over the entire last episode again, uh, is the graphics. And you had to be there for that. Uh, but still, I, I think so much about that game is perfect. Whereas Yoshi's Island, it, it just felt too, it, almost too experimental of a game. And at the end of the day, I, it's something that's nice to look at. Uh, and I'd, I'd probably rather look at just like steel pictures of it, maybe, uh, because I, I did not nearly have have the time uh, with that one as I did with Donkey Kong Country. And it's not one I really go back to either, uh, even with with, you know, access to it. I haven't gone back to it since we, we played it for the podcast. But uh, as far I, I think a lot of people do their best work when they're angry. I know I tend to, to be much more productive and accomplish my tasks much quicker when when angered or under stress. So if he was he seemed like a very pleasant man, you know, he's always smiling in pictures. So if he was the opposite, who knows what we would have gotten? Uh, if you want a more behind the scenes reason as to why we do some of these, uh, it, it comes down to we walk a very fine line of we like to cover uh, games that no one else has. You know, a lot of people don't play. And then we also, you know, I occasionally like to cover games that a lot of people have played. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's a good amount of, you know, the, I think our audience is very split 
on, you know, if they want to listen to a podcast about games that they haven't played before or more popular games that they have played as well, that they can kind of follow along with that they know and that they can agree or disagree, mostly disagree with us as far as like what we post. And I'll take even further behind the scenes. Uh, Donkey Kong Country is my pick because we had played some real shitters in the previous weeks and, and I was becoming emotionally distressed and I needed a little emergency. Donkey Kong Country was my game in the glass case with a little hammer uh, to break just in case of emergency. I declared an emergency and I, I thrust Donkey Kong Country there because Lord knows I needed some relief at that point. Yeah, so so we, we do like to cover both. Uh, so if you are a fan of, of kind of the... Uh, more lesser known games we do tend to kind of cover them more i think uh than, than think we so. do but yeah uh but we do throw out some some bigger name stuff here and there just so people kind of have a reference instead of just wondering what the hell we're actually talking about well, and also i think normally if we pick a bigger game at least one of us either has never played it or hasn't put the, the effort into it before or has an opinion that we know is going to go against the other two so at least it's it's not just <laughs> three of us talking about how great Super Mario Brothers 3 is. I'm sure we've had a few of those episodes, but if so, especially with the larger titles, I don't think that's happened. Uh, next question comes in from Jack B, and he's writing in about Zexies. I think that's how you pronounce this. I, if I'm wrong, please, either of you, tell me. Uh, and he writes in to say, just wanted to recommend the game Zexies. Loved it as a kid, had different styles, including exploration, action, and side-scrolling shooting. Love the show, just started listening a few weeks ago, and I'm glad I have a large collection to go back to and listen. Either of you heard of this game? It's X-E-Z-Y-Z or X-E... Yes, it's Zexis. X-E-X-Y-Z. Yes. I have heard of it. I'm sure I've played it before, but not enough to say, oh, I remember all these great things about the game. I remember it being a pretty standard shooter, but maybe I didn't give enough of a chance. Uh, and that's the kind of games I like getting recommendations on, ones where it's maybe, I mean, you know, the first level is kind of dull, but then it changes up and it's this other, you know, like Guardian Legend. Now, whether or not you like that doesn't matter. It's a totally different kind of game after the first level, and I like finding things like that. So I'll, I'll look into Zexis. If it looks like it's something that has uh, a lot to offer, we, we'll, we'll try to cover it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and our final question comes in from Rash, short for Rashid, not the skin disease or the mutant frog. He writes in to say, hey, guys, thanks for being one of the few people that actually covered Tiger handhelds without making the entire show a joke. Yes, a You're lot of them. <laughs> yes, a lot of them range from terrible to crime against humanity. But this era of Tiger Electronics was very near and dear to me as a kid that simply couldn't afford the more expensive systems. I spent many evenings and car trips playing the Rocketeer, Sonic, and even Street Fighter II on these tiny handhelds. And they'll always get the nostalgia train going when people mention them. But enough about me. My question for you is, did any of you get to play Tiger's answer to the Game Boy, the Gamecom? A truly awful attempt at a portable game console and a half-assed PDA that lasted all of a year before Tiger abandoned it. I remember I, I never got to have one. I have uh, I have seen them. I know about them. I think it was had a touch. I mean, it was it had a touch screen. I think and some internet capabilities. I'm not sure to what extent. Like I don't. I don't think you downloaded games or anything like that but uh, my my knowledge of it is very limited and it's just kind of been through independently reading about it here and there and i've seen a few videos of people that that do have it and you know played through a, a 
a few games on it. As far as I know, it, it never really picked up a, a vast library. Obviously, it kind of like like every other handheld uh, kind of fell to, to Nintendo's offerings. This came out, I just looked it up to make sure I wasn't going to misspeak here for time frame. This came out in 1997. And I worked oh, Jesus. at an electronics boutique in 1997 where we sold all this sort of stuff. We never sold the GameCom. Cause I never, or else I would have tried it. And we had every other handheld. We had the Lynx. Uh, later on, we sold the uh, the Neo Geo Pocket, which was actually pretty great, and no one ever played it, but it was amazing. Uh, and and we never even got a GameCom to try. So uh, no, I have not played the GameCom. But it's it's one of those things that I mean, literally, once it was out, it was like the next week it was in bargain bins at Toys R Us or you know Kmart's or whatever. Like it was, it did not last well. And I don't know if it was just truly awful or just marketed real bad or you know no effort to get to the third parties you need i never got a chance to use it so i'm not going to shit talk on the abilities of the GameCom from direct experience i just do know that it came out and literally like a week later it was gone i never played it myself but i know it's terrible if you go to uh you know if you watch any of the youtube gameplay videos of anything that was on the GameCom, it actually had a lot of licensed games on it like it mm. had uh, Duke 3D, it had like Resident Evil 2, uh, Jurassic Park. There were a lot of licensed games, just like a lot of those old Tiger handhelds. And maybe they just still had some of those licenses and they were just like, oh God, we got to use these in some way. But these games look awful. Like in, in like 1997, whenever this thing was released, late 90s, go look at those games and you would just be shocked at just how bad they look like just barely updated versions of what you could play on a, on an actual tiger handheld back in the late eighties. You know, the problem What's that? they needed to release an MC hammer game for it. Well, I mean, yes. I mean, obviously that was the killer app that they couldn't, couldn't get there. I uh, couldn't get on the system, but yes, I, a lot of this stuff looks awful. Uh, look at resident evil too. It is. <laughs> I, it's just so awful. It, it's just one of the worst things you'll ever see in everything. There's even a Sonic game on there, but it seems like everything runs at like 10 frames per second. It's just, uh, it, it's just not a good system at all. And I'm not sure what Tiger was going for. If they thought maybe the whole PDA thing that they were they were tossing in there was gonna make everyone run out there for it because there was like a calendar and a calculator in it or something. But as far as a game machine, it was leagues leagues below. Uh, anything like the uh, the engage or something like that. So if you have a question for us, again, you can always find it on Retrovania.net. At the very bottom, great question form, but you can also send us questions on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram somehow, although I doubt I will see them. You can also always go to our Patreon, the second best place to send us a question, and the best place to send us a question if you want to join our Patreon, guaranteeing that we will cover your game like we covered Donovan's game this week for Pokemon the Trading Card Game for the Game Boy. So uh, find our Patreon. All the, uh, the the tiers are there. You get special posts. You get the bonus shows. We just did a bonus show on Spike McFang, and there's 12 or 13 other bonus shows you get access to immediately, plus two new ones a month for the rest of the time we offer it for money. <laughs> and the erotic fan fiction. The erotic fan fiction will be a new tier. It is not up yet, but hopefully that is the fourth tier. So please check out our Patreon. The link is always in the comments to the podcast, but it's also on all of our social media sites where you can find us everywhere at Retrovania.net. And we will see you next time.